Hello and welcome to the Intentional Soul, the home for the highly functioning spiritual types out in the world. It is here that we look at the world and ourselves through the lens of higher consciousness, connecting deeply to who and what we really are. Now, my name is Tom Ross, spiritual teacher, healer, spiritual nonconformist, and I am your host for these conversations. On the Intentional Soul, we hear not only from me, but from people who are living intentionally, openly, and authentically in their world. We'll hear their stories of personal transformation while sharing best practices and tactics to help you get the most out of this game called life. Now, nothing is off limits as we seek to expand ourselves and our awareness and live, ultimately, our most authentic lives. Let's dive in. All right, joining us today is Miss Kimberly Parker. Now, Kimberly is a licensed clinical social worker and a PhD uh, in psychology candidate, and she has accumulated over a decade of experience through education, volunteering, clinical internships, and work experience. Kimberly's worked in mediation, geriatrics. She worked with pregnant women and new mothers, adults with intellectual disabilities, worked with victims of domestic violence, weight loss surgery recipients, caregivers of adults with chronic disease, and in hospice as well. Kimberly specializes in trauma-based therapy. And moreover, she's also a holistic health coach and believes that incorporating nutrition along with therapy brings about mind, body, and soul balance. So her journey to who she is now is taking twists and turns. We're going to hear about that. And ultimately, ultimately, Kimberly, you're a healer. And I'm so very, 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 very excited you chose to spend some time with us now. My soul gets all excited whenever I had to talk to somebody who's a fellow healer. So you'll have to excuse my giddiness. Thank you for inviting me. I'm so excited. Um, I can give you a little bit of um, a history on me. I feel like I was guided to where I need to be. I know this is my calling um, to help others heal. But I can tell you that I had a somewhat decent childhood, but at the same time, I've had, you know, traumatic events um, take place in my childhood. But uh, I've always had a love for, for animals and I always talk to people. People always come and talk to me. And I said, either I want to be a veterinarian or I was always stuck on like psychologists or some type of like therapist. And I don't know, it's like my path. I'm gonna, I, I say God kind of maneuvered me around to where I need to be. But um, I did not know anything about trauma-based therapy until um, my brother passed away April 25th of 2013. And I was actually in my second year of clinicals working at a psychiatric um, hospital. And I'll never forget um, this therapist um, that was on the first floor with me. And that was uh, the floor where they had a lot of people who um, were there for like depression and, and so forth. And she said, Kim, because I was trying to hold things up, you know, go to go to uh, my internship. You know, I'm in grad school at the time. So a lot I going didn't on want to stop. Yes. So it was a lot going on. She said, Kim, have you heard of EMDR? And I said, darn, no, I haven't. She said, you need EMDR because you don't look well. And I was losing a whole lot of weight. I was in a complete fog. I didn't know what that was. And I said to her, okay, okay. She said, you know, across the street, there is a place that does EMDR and they train as well. So I kind of try to fight through it on my own, but I was in a state in, in like heightened anxiety, mm -hmm. depression, dissociation. I literally felt like this dark cloud was following me and I would just go to school and then come home, lock the door and then sleep in my room or anything. I was afraid. And it's like afraid of what? Because unfortunately somebody um, murdered my brother. And for some, and it stuck on to me, like someone's going to get you, someone's going to get you. It wasn't until uh, 2014, I'm going to say fall of 2014. And I, I graduated May 2014. And it, it was just the worst because my brother always came to my graduations. Mm -hmm. And 
I was talking to someone who I thought was a friend and they said something and it just triggered me. And I just start to scream. I said, I can't take this anymore. My brother is deceased and my life is ruined. That's when I decided, I said, you know what? Let me see what EMDR is. I went and got trained in EMDR. And while they're practicing on me, I just have a complete meltdown. And then afterwards, the trainer, she said, you know, if you want to become a client, you can. Oh, and it was <laughs> so, so you so you you as a uh, clinician at this point were like, oh, I've been advised to go do this as a as a healing methodology. And then you were like, I'm going to go become a practitioner without even without even test driving it yet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, um, they're doing the EMDR and I'm like, okay, you feel like a release because it stands for eye movement, desensitization and reprocessing, mm -hmm. you know? And so. Can you describe it uh, real quick? Cause it's, I, I've heard the acronym a, a lot of times. Most of the people who are listening to this podcast are going to think that it's like a dance club or a rave, uh, EMDR. Uh, so, so we describe it like, like what it is, the healing modality, like what's going on. So. I can tell you what I do with my clients. We do something called mind mapping. I call that the blueprint of what's going on in here, in your brain. And so you're coming in for um, depression. I help you to map out those negative thoughts, visuals, and feelings, and we give mm -hmm. them a stress level, 10 being the highest and one being the least. So what EMDR does, the eye movement, the sensitization and reprocessing, some clients, I'm sorry, some uh, clinicians, They'll have you focus on like my fingers and just doing bilateral stimulation. Um, there are some um, clinicians who use a light bar. I don't. Um, I use something called TheraTappers where it puts a pulsation um, in your palms. So it goes from right, left, right, left. So while your eyes are closed, I feel like you're more like grounded. And I'm um, playing some maybe like binaural beats and now... Um, you know, the different like sound waves at different hertz because it's it's healing, mm -hmm. right? So it helps to dig out the things that no longer serve you. That's why I tell my clients, instead of going like deep into the deep science of EMDR, um, helping you to process out through the prefrontal lobe of what's stuck in here. Because do I like traditional therapy? You know, as discussed, yeah, sometimes you just need it. It just depends on how severe um, the, you know, the diagnosis, you know, it is or dual diagnosis. I treat, I just, I specialize in PTSD, personality disorders and eating disorders. And so I find EMDR to be highly helpful because it allows your brain, allows him or her to dump out what it needs to at a slow and safe um, pace because we do not want to re-traumatize a person. That's why I set up the mind map and we pick what on the mind map shall we work on today? My anxiety in relation to someone would say um, relation to my job. And so we're doing the bilateral stimulation or using um, the TheraTappers and we pause in between because I use the TheraTappers, eyes are closed. Okay, take a deep breath in and just blow out because we want to add breath work because anxiety cannot, it cannot live in a body that's relaxed. And so I'll run the TheraTappers maybe 30 seconds. And while I have them take the deep breath in and blow out, they open their eyes. And I said, so tell me, what are you sensing? What are you feeling? And some clients will say, will tell me, you know, what those visuals are, those thoughts. Now, some clients, their brain will, try to block it off, which is understandable because it's so traumatizing. And that's why when you're um, utilizing the mind map, there's two sides of it. I say the not so good side of things, but then we have the positive side of things of how would you want to feel? So that's how you get into the back door of processing out the things that no longer serve you because then mm. your brain is going to regurgitate that stuff, you know, out. And doing that deep breathing, having you um, to become grounded. But if we're doing it online, I just have clients 
do the left, right, what we call it the butterfly tapping, and that helps as well. So I can tell you from personal experience and going through a traumatic event like that, it helped me. Honestly, I'm going to say it saved my life. And then some things that were hidden underneath um, the surface, all of that came out, you know, as well. And so I had the chance to heal the different parts of myself at different ages, because that's the thing, too. If you're looking for a therapist, coach, make sure those things are addressed, because that that inner child at nine years old may be the one that's stepping forward and reacting versus the healthy adult you that needs to be the one that's in control. And this is a thing like with EMDR. <clears throat> Let's just say if you grew up in a household and your parents were very abusive, what I do is I'll have the clients maybe create a healthy mother, healthy father. It can be someone like in the media. I can say um, my my friend, my healthy friend was uh, Indiana Jones, Harrison Ford, because he's always like there to save the day. Nice. And so you can tap him in to the neural networks of your brain by doing the EMDR. And so those those are your assistants. And it is just so mind-blowing like to have these things. So when you are triggered, right, instead of being at a 10, the goal is to get you down between a 1 and a 2 and creating that safe space or those positive trigger words that you can say, Indiana Jones. There he is. He's there to help you, to save you. So you're more regulated and you're not reacting from the unhealed part of childhood self or whatever age, you know, it's at. And um, adding the flash technique. So when it comes to EMDR, if you want to get the SUDS levels um, down even the more, there's something called a flash technique where if you're following the fingers and then you stop and I'll say, blink once or blink twice or do a triple blink. And you would be amazed how that 10 goes down so quickly. You want to make sure when you're finished doing like the EMDR, you may do six to 10 rounds, teaching your clients how to mentally shift states in their mind. So that is creating a happy place for them and make sure that you change the music in the background as well because we want to keep that negative stuff on one side and the positive we're going to incorporate that with the binaural beats a lot of people love the beach um here in virginia so i said we'll use that scene and i kind of do like a guided meditation with them and giving them i'm giving them positive affirmations having them repeat that in their mind and spell it out as well because we want to encode the positive in the neural networks or we're creating positive neural networks that they never had let's just say because of childhood um abuse you know and neglect and wanting them to have healthy attachment styles because we see that a lot when it comes to like ptsd definitely personality disorders all of this stuff is encompassed attachment styles with that parental figure just insecure you know attachment disorganized you know attachment we want to make sure that you have a secure attachment you may not have received that when you were a child but as an adult i can help you to do that it has happened to me you know and i, and I learned things like over time because i want to make sure those who are ready to heal that they come in and they see here, here's your treatment plan. And two, I also do brain spotting um, therapy, which is completely mind blowing. And it comes from um, EMDR where Dr. David Grand, he only did EMDR just like me following the fingers, but he noticed at different points, he saw more activity in the person's like body and shifting. Mm -hmm. So using a pointer, just have my pen, having you focus on the pointer. If you said, let's talk about my anxiety in connection to my strained relationship with my mother. 
So while you're looking at the pointer, I'm tracking it across your eyes. This is slow bilateral stimulation. And wherever you feel the most activity in your body, you tell me to stop mm. and I'll stop. And you'll just focus on that area. I've had people um, have slight convulsions, um, like dry vomiting. And I said, okay, that's where the touch tone, you know, is. And, that's, and see, a lot of people are so used to that talk therapy. I said, sometimes we need to sit in silence and focus on the pointer. Yeah. And so this helps to dig deeply into the subconscious. And a lot of people say, well, I don't believe that. I said, try it. You can go outside and do something called gaze spotting. You can go outside and pick a point where you're feeling the most activity. And as you sit there, kind of taking some deep breaths in and blowing out. And I guarantee that you're going to feel that 10 or that 8 go down to a one or two, or maybe even a zero. And you can do this with any negative thought, visual or feeling, and it's going to dissipate. This is how you heal. Because I can tell you, even it was years after doing EMDR, when I became trained in brain spotting therapy and we practice on each other, it was as if this spiritual surgery was done to remove something that was there that needed to go. And I had vivid dreams that whole weekend doing training. And I said, whatever took place, I'm glad. I'm so glad. And so I, I want people to know that you can heal. I am a living example, you know, of that. You know, my life story, you know, it, it's it takes longer than an hour to discuss, but I could write a book on it. And you would think based on what has happened to me that I shouldn't even be here. How did you break through all of those barriers? And I always say, well, I'm Perseus. I took Medusa's <laughs> head <laughs> to go save Andromeda. But now I'm, I'm a better person. I want to help all the Andromedas that are in need of help from from abuse, you know, whether, whether it's narcissistic abuse and so forth. I tell people abuse is abuse no matter what. And just like the book says, the body keeps the score. And how can we help people heal? We have to help them heal the mind, the body, and the soul. We have to be careful of what comes through our ear gates, our eye gates, and what we consume. And I know it's it can be hard when it comes to like consumption because you know some things are gmo and we can go through that whole like ordeal but doing the best that you can with healthy eating and exercise and having the dopamine right we don't need our dopamine hits from social media and sliding we can get that from taking a nice cold shower eating our herbs our, our fruits, our vegetables, taking plant-based, you know, supplements, going outside, getting some vitamin D, taking a brisk walk. This is how you heal the brain, you know, as well, instead of plant face into a phone, because you're not exercising your brain. Your brain is a muscle, just like your heart. That's what they tell you. The reason why we get cardiovascular issues is because we're not exercising our heart. And I believe the reason why we see an increase of mental health issues is because we're not exercising our brains. We have decided to allow the phones to take control of us. We should be in control of the, the technology and, and so forth. Yeah, I think it's really interesting, especially with respect to, um, you know, the uptick in, in, you know, what is now, you know, diagnosed um, disorders that people that, that people have. I wonder if you look at just like human evolution over over history, you know, we're pretty much at, we're at the apex of of life in terms of survival is assured. Right. And the, the human animal is essentially wired to find a way to to survive. And congratulations. Here we are. That doesn't 
that that arrival point for so many people in society and in culture, that arrival point doesn't come with an off switch on the, you know, on the, uh, in the, the biology, the biological animal that we are. And so it's, it's kind of like, you know, it's like you go and you find the problems one way or the other, regardless of whether or not they're really, really there or they're, you know, or there, there's something that's, that's more invented, or sometimes it's just a matter of, of it's like you know when you're at the top of Ma- uh, the pyramid on Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it's like now you're interested in things that are or you're you're attempting to rectify things that at previous points maybe they were always there but they were irrelevant you know because because when I'm when I'm in, the, in a struggle for food or for shelter or for you know or or in a war situation then my feelings matter less. <laughs> right. So you had an incredible, uh, you know, an incredible story. You had, you, you, you wept when you were being trained and then you be, and then you, and then you, I'm assuming you became a client of the EMDR. That was a, the punchline of, uh, of that. And then, and then had this incredible experience through and, and became trained. And is that when you knew that you wanted to work with people who were experiencing trauma or when did you know that, that like working with trauma victims was going to be something that was so important to you? You know, I knew that I wanted to work with people and help people solve issues. I didn't have a niche at that time until I met Dahar and um, she was she's a therapist. She was a therapist and like my, my clinical supervisor um, at the psychiatric facility. But she was the one who told me about the body keeps the score. And when my brother passed away, she pushed me. She was the only one who said to me, Kim, you do not look good. Your clothes are hanging off of you. You need EMDR. And it wasn't, honestly, it was not until I had EMDR myself. I said, you know, let me just get trained in in it. I'll be okay trying to save face, you know? Yeah. But when I felt, I can't even explain the feeling. It was um. I felt something in me just open and release like Mm -hmm. this weight. And over time, as I did EMDR, it was as if these things were just being dumped and extracted from me. And I saw myself healing. I felt it. I'm not sure if others saw, you know, uh, saw it, you know, around me, but at that point, you know, it, it didn't matter. It was about how I how I felt when it came to lighter. healing. Yes, and I even I pitched this to my family. I said, "You guys need to have EMDR," and of course, some family were resistant and said, "You're calling me crazy." And I'm like, "No, our family member passed away. I know it has affected all of us." Mm-hmm. One of my um, siblings went to to have it um, done. Not sure if they stuck with it or not, but I stuck with it for for years, dedicated to dump this stuff out. And in the meantime, I was like still working. Then I was under like clinical supervision. So I was making sure those appointments were key um, to me. And I said, you know what? You have to pay it forward. And that's mm. when I started to delve into trauma, how trauma affects the, the brain and the body, how it alters, you know, the brain. But I'm learning about myself as well. And I want to help people. I don't want people to feel the way I felt, completely lost and empty. I can say, I started to think, I said, let me think about years ago. Some of that stuff, it's like, I was in a complete haze. I can't even remember some of the stuff. And I said, that's not good. This is dissociation. But dissociation was to protect me. A lot of people think when you dissociate, it's a bad thing. I said, it's only a bad thing when you end up in another state and you're like, it's a week or two later. And you're like, how how did I get here? Right. Then it's bad. Yeah. But um, the survival function, it, it, it has it has its function in consciousness, right? Yes, like definitely. So I made it my mission to learn as much as I could when it came to trauma, going to different like trainings, getting more into like holistic, like nutrition. My my whole study room, I have books that I've read. I continuously 
you know, trained, looking at the neuroscience of how trauma affects the brain, what can I do to help my clients heal? I get newsletters from the Linus Pauling Institute where they talk about like micronutrients and, you know, feeding the body down to the cellular level. And I said, that's what we we need healing down to the cellular level and to your, your spiritual level as well, because trauma will make you mentally, physically, and spiritually sick. And I was there. That person back then, that was somebody else I did not, I do not recognize. She was someone who was in a very dark place. So I can, that's why I empathize with my clients, you know, like so much. And when we're, when I'm doing their, their treatment plan, I break it down to a T of what we're going to do and why. That's why that healing different parts of self is necessary because if you don't, and I tell them you're going to go from therapist to therapist, from medication to medication and wonder why nothing is helping. I said, but two, I, I can give you the tools and while you're hanging up the frame, I can tell you if it's crooked or not. So I'm going to hand you the tools, utilize them. And I have no issue with disclosing a little bit about my background and why I'm here because many people, they think, oh, you're nothing has happened to you. You're just here because you want to help people and you're nice. I said, Hmm. I am nice. I do want to help people. I said, but there's a reason behind it because I know there's hope in healing and I can show you the way. I have so many mind maps in my office. For some reason, I used to carry them around like with me and then it started to hurt my shoulder. I can say maybe I have close to 600 mind maps that I've done with people over the years because the goal is for people to come in. One of my clients told me, this is the healing station. I said, Mm. yes, it is the healing station. And when you leave and you're healed, that's going to open up a slot for the next person to come in. I'm very serious when it comes to to doing this. I'm not going to waste my client's time. I tell them, I'm not going to waste your time. And I don't want to waste my time or your insurance, what have you. Because I told them, I I have run into some therapists who've had clients for five years when I used to work for someone else. Oh, we just had a breakthrough. And and it's been five years (laughs) and you just had a breakthrough. And that, that's when I decided in 2019, Tim, it is time to break off from working for other people and work for yourself so you can create your own your own healing center because what's going on over there isn't healing. It's you're taking people's money and 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 breadcrumbing them along and that's not fair. It's it's unethical and that's something I will not do. Yeah, and, and you know so it's a really great point. I have a lot of compassion for for the for the uh, the old school guard where it has to look one particular way because it's the old adage like when you're a hammer everything looks like a nail you know and and like the ethics of it a lot of the, a lot of people in, in in that domain they they don't it's like they actually say hey this other thing this other stuff doesn't exist or it's not it's not real or it's something else and there's. So from their context, you know, there's efficacy in just doing things the way they've always been done for for you or say for for me, for example, who've had extraordinarily powerful experiences that are replicatable, that uh, that are that are producible in other individuals that you when you bring that kind of information and that kind of that kind of work into somebody else's life. It, we have a massive ethical issue, you know, with it, because like you literally were living at a point in time where you're see, where you're you're practicing in a in a in an area where someone has a five year client, and it's and it's talking about the same stuff and having micro breakthroughs, you're like, I rewired my entire existence in neurology and experience of life in a you know, in a in a and probably if you're being honest with it, uh, you probably got what you needed from the perspective of your brother passing in about. Probably, probably a matter of months, maybe, maybe, maybe like, you know, a couple, three, four months or something. And then you were like, holy cow, look what else there is. Look what else there is. And then continue, continue that kind of path. And so when you can produce that powerful result for certain, for somebody that's acute for what they're experiencing in a short period of time, you just, you, you can't pretend you don't know it, you know? 
Right. So EMDR and uh, and 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 brain uh, brain spotting. Uh, what are some other uh, treatments or modalities that you deploy with your uh, with your clients to kind of produce healing for them? So let's just say if you have some attachment issues, this is something called a havening technique, and it's just kind of embracing yourself and rubbing your hands up and down. If you and this is self soothing, maybe mm-hmm. you didn't receive the love that you needed, and I have clients do this. This helps with any like sleep wake um, disorders. This helps to ground you so you don't dissociate, you know, far out. So this brings you back to where you need to be. And you can go outside if possible or go in a quiet place. If you're or if you're at work, take a break and do havening. You can do tapping, deep breathing. Doing deep breathing and taking another deep breath within that deep breath and just exhaling, you know, out. And as I mentioned, the gaze spotting, you can pick any point. Um, I even have clients use like stickers. Like I have these butterflies like on the wall because the goal is you may come in wrapped in a cocoon, but you're going to flourish I have them put different points on their walls and they can do brain uh, brain spotting slash gaze spotting at home. So you, you actually, just of, want to make sure I drive this point home, in your, you actually give people the tools to be able to, uh, to, to be able to, to take and apply if they're bumping into something. So not only do you, you take them through a process where they facilitate their healing, you actually give them the tools to be able to take out into the out into the world and then be able to deploy them again, which is really just incredibly beautiful. Yes, because this is the thing. I, and I tell them, I don't want you to think that. So if you meet me once a week, you never know. Something might happen and I'm not available. I don't want them to be codependent, you know, on me, because a lot of times they have been codependent on others for so long and have been pulled into the situation that they are, you know, in now with, you know, attachment issues. So I'll, t- I'm going to teach you the tools. You can continue to see me weekly, but, oh, you have homework. You're going to do some gay spotting while you're at home and you're going to journal about it. And when you bring it in here, I hold people accountable. When you bring it, when you bring that in here, we're going to discuss it because I need to know. Or I had someone who had horrible, horrible night terrors. I said, in the morning, I said, because I let them know, I do this as well. You're going to do some, I said, EMDR, AKA tapping before you get out of the bed and do some deep breathing. Well, how long do I have to do it? I said, until you feel tired of doing it. And you're going to do this before you go to bed as well. This client I'm telling you, the the uh, the night terrors went away after a good year. And she said, um, it was so funny. I think it's time for us to break up. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not having any of those dreams anymore. I said, good. I said, I, I, I want us to break yeah. up. Because, <laughs> I said, this is great news. Because a lot of times I think, they feel like because they've been seeing me so long that it's a routine mm-hmm. to see me. I said, you have my number. You can always book an appointment later on just to say, look, I'm doing better than before. And I said, isn't that amazing? Just how doing bilateral stimulation instead of trying to suppress it under heavy medication, because the thing is you can suppress it under heavy medication, but it's still there because you yeah. have not prefrontal lobe process it out through all of the networks in the brain. I said the brain is powerful. It's like the motherboard, just like our computers have motherboards. And I said, sometimes you need a system cleanup. I said, you ever seen that on your laptop? (laughs) Defrag the hard drive. Defragging. (laughs) I I need to be defragged. When I when I do uh, when I do um, assisted karmic rebalancing work, which is like the healing modality I do, I I talk about it. I'm like, oh yeah, we're we're defragging the hard drive of your soul right now is is essentially what we're doing. So it's funny. So if you look at like how is what you're doing right now, is it is it exactly what you would have imagined, or uh, or from a healing perspective? Obviously, the the the, the specific 
modalities that you're employing, you couldn't have foreseen. But when you think about your life, are you doing what you had always envisioned or is this wildly different? I knew the way I feel now about what I'm doing, I'm happy. I'm the personality type that feels as if I can do more and I want to do, you know, more. I want to expand. Um, I want to speak more and share with people, hey, you can heal as well. Like I hold a a free group um, once per month for um, people who have been victims of um, domestic violence, just like free, like coaching and guiding them through what needs to be done, handing handing them over the tools, paying it forward. Um, There's so much more um, I I want to do. I want to um, expand, have something for children, especially like little children, because they process quicker than we do because, you know, we may have decades of stuff. Why not grab the children, you know, now, but I need to have the parents on board. You know, I tell parents, um, well, they say their kids are bad. I don't believe in speaking negative words upon children, you know, yeah, because they internalize that. I said, no, they're just dysregulated. Let's get off of these. I wrote an article about um, like the wellness of children. And I mentioned how these telephones, um, these cell phones and the light from the phones, like, you know, help deplete like the serotonin. And imagine if you're not exercising your brain, these things create poor impulse control. So while you're taking your kid, some kids do have a diagnosis, some don't. But I believe if you... Get your children off the phone. Let's have them read books, exercise the brain. Because if you look, we're reading left from right to left, right to left, and so forth. You're exercising the brain. Going outside, getting natural sunlight. Let's stop feeding them, you know, if we can, these foods that have all of these different dyes in it that causes neurocognitive, um, like, you know, disorders and so forth. There are certain things that can be done to create a healthier child and you won't have to run and give your children like heavy dosages of, of drugs. Kids need to be able to release. And so I want to do like a camp or something, you know, for, for children and teaching them how to release and giving the parents like the tools. So I, I, I can say at this point, I'm happy where I am but I want to do so much more to help people. I'm very passionate about, you know, about this. What's your, your biggest success so far in your career? Um, or what are you most proud of? And then what's the biggest challenge that you're, that you're still working through? I would, I would say my biggest success, like I've produced maybe over 25 articles and then I have, um, I can't say what a, I'll just say a film coming out that's covering a big story. So that, awesome. so I'm, I'm, if it was out, I would say what it is. So, mm-hmm. so that right there, um, I just want to do more of that. Uh, struggles, time. I wish I had more time um, to do all that I wanted to do, but um I do find myself sometimes, you know, some points getting tired. So I'm like, I have to take, you know, a break. I have to do my own R&R to rejuvenate myself so I can be, you know, the best, like, for my clients. Um, I would say because I want to do, get into more, like, um, film, like, documentaries and discussing, uh, like, mental health and how to heal, it's trying to navigate and network with people. Um, I find some barriers there. I said, so well, maybe one day, you know, meet some people that can like help. I was happy to get that, uh, that project. I want to do more, you know, than just like sitting in the office. I feel like I'm more, um, I can be more of an asset to the masses if I'm out there like speaking. You want to, you want to spread the word of, of hope and healing and what is possible, you know, for, for really for everybody. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's beautiful. When have you had to draw on courage or faith to, to be where you are right now? See my father, I remember some years ago, (laughs) 
he would say, Kimberly, you lack faith. You don't have any faith. And he'll send me like these books and so forth about faith, faith, faith. And I'm like, I do have faith. He's like, no, you don't. He said, because I see these big things that's going to happen for you, but you don't believe it. And so I had to do some more work and ask myself, questioning my feelings of why do you feel this way? What is blocking you? Right. And so I said, okay, it's that, that inner, inner voice, which was coming from a family member that didn't treat me well. It was still there mm. telling me things that's not true. So I had to process that out. I'm like, wait a minute. That's your stuff. That's not me speaking. Yep. It, it really took a while for me to believe in myself and for these shackles to just drop off of me. I'm at a point where if a door shuts, I look at it in a positive way. That means it's not meant for me to go through because maybe there's a fire behind there. Something else is going to open up because, you know, I say God knows my heart and what I want to do to help others. And that's why I said like this, this is my calling. And so I tell myself, if it's meant to be, let the door open. But if it's not, keep it closed and I'll just sit back and wait and be patient. And two, cutting off the people places and things that no longer serve me. Mm. It's fine to be to to be a giver and want to help, but you can't give to everyone. And I noticed that, you know, too. And I and I realized that saying there's nothing wrong with saying no. And so there's something called the, the assertive bill of rights that I use, utilize with my clients. And my favorite one is I have the right to say no. And I add a spin and not feel guilty about it. That's amazing. That it, I love that, that, that last tag. So many of us saying no is essentially admitting that we're deficient in some way, you know, or feel deficient or should have, right. You know, you, mm -hmm. you can should yourself to death. That's beautiful. Yeah. It's guilt, guilt and shame. And I noticed that with people who have past trauma, guilt and shame sticks with, with people who have that. But it's like you have to identify the guilt and shame. Is this your guilt and shame or is this the guilt and shame that was projected on you from a toxic individual? Like, well, went off I'm like, wait a minute. They made me feel guilt and shame. But it's like, are you going to continue to carry their stuff? onto you and then you pass it down that transgenerational you know trauma i had to work on that literally let's look at your family tree and look at the trauma that has been passed down from you know past family members do you want to pass this down i said no i do not i'm going to make sure that i'm different from everybody else even if that means i don't talk to them at all and that goes for non-family members too people that I like used to work with. I have, I can tell you forgiveness is a big thing because I have forgiven everyone. And I know this down to my soul because I talked to my soul and my soul said, yes, you have forgiven them. And it was at one point my soul said, but you haven't forgiven yourself. Now have you. That's and, and that's, and that's the thing, right? Like that's, that's the end result of, of all the agency is that, uh, is that, whatever my experience is, I produce my experience. The conditions in the environment were such that I then decided that I had to feel a particular way. Now I can forgive all of the conditions that existed, all the people, situations, places. And if I haven't actually forgiven myself, then that, that base nugget of, of victim, whatever its expression is, is still there. And like, that's uh, it, so you having that conversation with your soul, that is out freaking standing. Now, do you take do you take that uh, that, you know, everyone has something in, in the modality that I use, we'll call it your fundamental misperception. It's some expression of either enough on one side of the tree or worthy on the other. And there's a million different expressions, not good enough, not smart enough, unlovable, blah, blah, blah. But it's like whatever that is. And that's kind of what you're uh, a little bit of what you were describing your version of that. Do you take that? 
into the the EMDR or the brain spotting and and work with work with your people to release that uh, you know th- that uh, habitual uh, mind filter or perspective that everybody has a version of. Yes, because that's on the the negative cognition list. I'm not good enough. I am alone. I'm abandoned. I'm worthless. Yep. Um, I take those are nice versions. It gets it gets meaner too. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. I'm not smart. I mean, it just it goes on and on, and so that goes on the the mind map when we're branching off. Okay, tell me what are those negative feelings that are attached to it? And I've had people their mind maps were like huge and condensed. I'm like, whoo, that's a lot of stuff. And they're like, and everything up here is a 10. I said, if everything up there is a 10, just put 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. I yep. said, well, we're going to get this down to between a one and a two or however the brain and body feels. I said, think of it. This is a tree. We're, we're going to prune these branches that no longer serve you. I said, because if we don't prune the tree, the tree eventually is going to break apart and rot down to the core. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's true. So I'm a tree. I said, yes, you are. Come in and I'm going to help you. <laughs> I got the hedge. I'm Edward Scissorhands over here. <laughs> right. So, but they, they, they love that, you know, and helping clients to prevent repetitive cycles. Let's just say when it comes to relationships, I said, you you maybe still be dealing with the same negative toxic personality type, but just in a different skin suit. So we have to be able to heighten our discernment to know who and what we're dealing with. I know I, I did an article called <laughs> 40 Signs. Um, I'm dating a psychopath. And <laughs> they loved it. And I said, this is, this is for, for men and women. I said, because it, it goes, you know, both ways. I said, we, I'm your loop interrupter. I'm going to throw in that loop interrupter for you so we can stop making these same mistakes because mm. Subconsciously, we gravitate to what's familiar, even if what's familiar is toxic because toxicity feels comfortable to you. So you go back to it and healthy feels toxic to you. I'm like, isn't that that's just mind blowing? Isn't that strange? I'm like, wow, I never thought of it like that. I said, so when you say things, I am alone, people put a negative um, cognition onto that. I said, what's wrong with? being alone i said are you truly you know alone see that's because they do not have any positive installs of i'm good enough i am lovable i am worthy and i i am not you know worthless i deserve a b c and d or like those um assertive rights i tell them i said we have to put these 20 assertive rights have to be tapped in to the core self of you. I said, hmm. but you have to believe it. Oh, I, I give them um like the big construction paper. They walk out of here with their construction paper, different fluorescent colors. <laughs> I said, you're gonna you're gonna write out all 20 of these. And then I want you to pick out the top five that speak to you because we're gonna talk about this. And I said, we're gonna do EMDR and or brain spotting on these assertive rights. And when you never implemented them. Like I have the right to say no and not feel guilty about it. And so we process through all of that. And I said, if we have to go through all 20 rights and process through, that's what we're here to do. I said, the trauma, you know, it happened 10, 20, 30 years ago, however, however long ago. I said, but it's buried underneath. And we are archaeologists and we're going to dig around and figure it out. Or when people say, oh, there's a root cause. I said, let me tell you about a tree. I said, a tree has roots that are above the ground that you can see. And there are roots below the ground that you cannot see. And the roots have little roots attached to them. And that's what we need to target and clear out and excavate this stuff out of your core self and maybe several deeply rooted trees that are trying to rot inside of you. Are you ready to process these things out? I mean, these treatment modalities and 
everything that I incorporate, it even helps people with like multiple personality disorder. We can do EMDR, brain spotting, havening, tapping on each personality that's hiding. It's a protective mechanism to keep yep. that inner child safe. Amazing. So if you were going to share just something, uh, last question, if you're going to share something with someone who is listening, who uh, maybe is in a position where they felt hopeless or they know that they've shelved some kind, some, some part of themselves that they could, they could address just because it's just how it's gotta be. And so in an essence, they're, they're not really, they're not really, you know, I won't say that they're not taking a risk because they've already decided that it's just how it has to be. Uh, but they are leaving something of themselves on the table and they're kind of like afraid to exhume, exhume it. Like what would you share to something to someone like that? You know, I would say, you know, converse with that thought of things are the way they are, or as they say, it is what it is. Where is that coming from? Because who who told you that things are what they are? Things are not what they are. Things are not what they seem. And just know that you can be redeemed. I have seen it. It has happened to me. But you have to find the right person that's willing to extend their hand out to you and say, hey, it's okay. If you have that mindset of things are what they are. Yes, you do. You block yourself off to the beauty that's in the world. There are, it's art. It's in the intricate details are out there. But if you continue to have those blinders on, you'll never find out. You know, it, it's best to feel the pain of healing. I say the breeding, cleaning out the wound. Mm-hmm. Versus then allowing that stuff to sit in there and fester. Love it. Kimberly Parker, thank you so much for joining us here today. Uh, how can we connect and reach you? So uh, you can find me on Instagram, um, healthy underscore mind counseling. And I'm on LinkedIn, Kimberly Parker and www.healthymindcounselingandnutrition. It's a very long, it's very long. Or you can, um, <laughs> yes. So if you have questions, I do hold like a free, like coaching um, groups. You can attend one, like we're doing some mind maps on tomorrow morning. Well, at noon, we're going to do some mind maps on tomorrow um, at noon. But I'm healthymindnutrition at gmail.com. This is where I give like a lot of free information and just to give you those tools to help you heal and pay it forward. And uh, www.healthymindcounselingandnutrition.com, correct? Yes. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for joining us. And I look forward to continuing the healing conversation uh, here in the future. Thank you so much. Have a great day. All right, this has been another episode of the Intentional Soul Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Remember to leave a five-star review if you found this content of value. And as always, I'm your host, Tom Ross, Master Practitioner of the Advanced Rapid Enlightenment Process and Rapid Enlightenment Process developed by Matthew Ferry. You can reach me at Tom at TomRossTalks.com and the website to engage and be a part of any classes, trainings, or sessions I have going on is www.TomRossTalks.com. Until next time, peace.